Welcome to the Faith Church Peshtigo podcast. You can connect with us online at faithpeshtigo.com. We're also on Facebook. Just search for Faith Church Peshtigo. Today's podcast features a conversation between Pastor Jeff and myself, Minister to Youth and Families here at Faith, talking about the sermon from March 28th, 2021. Welcome to the Faith Church podcast. My name is Christoph. With me today, Jeff. Hi, Jeff. Hey, Christoph. Good to be with you, man. Yeah, we're a little bit, uh, we're, we're kind of the <laughs> the B team here uh, filling in for, for Jay and Robbie this this morning. Well, I'm pumped. I, when I heard that uh, you and I got to do this, I was like, man, Christoph and I have the best conversations and they're not recorded. So yeah. now we get to have one that is recorded. <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny. So you, you asked me about doing the podcast uh, yesterday and I was out on a walk and I was thinking, um, I was thinking I had to ask you know, being the good youth minister that I am, I had to give you a good would you rather question. So I've got it. Okay. I've got, I've got a would Let's you rather. It. You ready for this? <laughs> yeah. All right, Jeff, would you rather, Jeff's a big fan of mountain biking. So Jeff, would you rather uh, for an entire summer uh, get to go mountain biking every single day, but the pedals on the bike were, uh, un- were pre-cooked turkeys <laughs> or you go, or you go, or you go on a hike every single day, and the ground is sticky. You don't know with what. Oh my goodness, it's sticky. Which which would you rather? I would rather bike with turkeys on my feet. Yeah, you know, they just like yeah, the just, without hesitancy. I prefer. I have a little tactile sensitivity, so I I feel like the uh, the stickiness would get to me more than the loosey goosey pedals. <laughs> okay. I was just thinking of like like the sap too. Like you just like oh, imagine like yeah. just like stepping on like tree sap every single. If that was what maple syrup, you know, like the the sap harvesting was like, I wouldn't enjoy it. But yeah, you the do sap that, that right? comes out. Yeah, I do the sap that comes out of those maples. Um, I haven't done a ton this year, but I've done a little bit, and it's you know more like a water consistency. It's not real sticky like you'd imagine. Maybe but. have you guys gotten to so you 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 tap the the maple trees and you get the syrup? Do you, have you already eaten like? Have you gotten to eat it yet or does it take time? I haven't had any of the new batch. We do this with Jess's parents. Um, so I haven't had any of the new stuff yet, but we, given that they do it and they, and our kids have worked on it a lot this year, which has been awesome for them. I think Nora um, did 200 gallons of collecting this week and the wow. after, one of the afternoons, which is so cool. But like 200 gallons. So of sap. Yeah. That's yeah. not the like actual syrup. How much does that make? I think it's like, a, well, I'm going to say a number here. This is a risk, right? Of course. So yeah. forty. I think it's like forty to one ish. Forty to maybe one, maybe a little more. Yeah. That's so pretty good. So yeah, I mean, it's but it's funny how much it boils down. It's such a cool thing. I foresee a lot of pancakes in your future. We should. You know what? I just thought of too. You just. You're, I was just thinking about the walk you took. Yeah. We should alert people to what they could see right now in Peshtigo if they want to. Oh yeah, because we did that yesterday, yes. right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're the one that. So we. So yeah, we we took this walk, and. We went over to the fish viewing platform right on the river by mm-hmm. the bridge, yep. right? And it was incredible, the the walleye. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen so many walleye and so huge, right? Yeah, it was so cool. You could look down in and it was like a looking glass of just seeing like all of these walleye down there. It, yeah, it was really cool. And of course, all of the people out there fishing, a lot yeah. of fishing. We did see, um, there was one man in particular who caught like three while we this were staying there. there. Yeah, he, he was, he, he was, was really good. Right, and yeah. I, you could see the guys around him kind of thinking and looking like what in the world? And yeah, they I were was wondering, to... this guy must've had the right color or something, right? He was, but... he was doing something right. I don't know the first thing about walleye fishing in general. I don't know the first thing about it, but so maybe he had the right lure or the right kind of bait or I think I, he did. I, I technique. Know. 
technique. Rules. Yeah, it's all in the technique. It's all in how you. you, you but cast. if you haven't seen this yet, I would recommend it. If you're near Peshtigo and you can yeah. get over there, it's worth it's worth it any time of the year. Like I've enjoyed that platform just to get out over the river and see the rapids there. But right now with these huge walleye coming through, it's amazing. Yeah, highly recommend it. It is. It, it's cool. I was really glad that we we did that together as a as a staff. At least the staff mm-hmm. who is in office. The staff week. who's in the office. The staff actually. who is actually here. Yeah. Um, so anyway, speaking of that, we can, we, we can get into this week's discussion, um, as, as we're heading into, uh, Easter week, but last Sunday, Robbie preached a sermon about, um, solitude, right? So yes. we've been doing this, uh, we've been doing this theme of, um, can you, can you explain kind of what the theme of the last couple of weeks have been? Right. So throughout Lent, we've been doing spiritual practices, all practices, that are like abstinent or abstinence based ones where we stop doing something that we normally do that actually often is a very good thing. It's not like the thing we're stopping is bad, but we're stopping it for making room to connect with Jesus in some new and fresh ways. And I love the analogy Robbie gave it. And it's this, this in breathing and out breathing, this inhale and exhale. And these, these practices allow us to do that, to make room for, a positive engagement with Christ. Yeah, yeah, I love it, and I've I, th- this series has really challenged me. I think because it it's been, I feel like when you when when you have Sunday morning sermons, sometimes you, you sometimes have the series that are very um, theological, doctrinal. You know, they're they're um, and, and and listen, when it comes to Sunday morning worship, it's worship, right? It's worship of God. So anytime that we can think bigger about who God is and think bigger of of, of what that means is great, but this has been really practical. Like, I feel like there's been a lot of like practicality to this, the sermons from like, from silence. That's, that's kind of the one that stood out the most to me, but then also solitude. Um, there's been, there's been a handful of them. I'm trying to think of what else, what else. Yeah, so we was. had fasting. Fasting. Yeah. I did secrecy, which was unique. I had never yes, done a yeah, full sermon on yeah. that. And you know, I really think that this is it is a very unique series because we're taking the teachings of Jesus and really early practices of the church and thinking through what would it look like for us here in Marinette, Peshtigo, Menominee, right, in the surrounding area this year to practice that. And that's pretty unique, and it's I'm excited to see what God will do with it in the long term because as we practice and engage Jesus in these ways, I think the, the potential— for transformation in each of our hearts, like both individually, but also together is pretty significant. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the secrecy one's an interesting example. So that Matthew six, Jesus gives those three examples of, you know, don't give to be seen, don't fast to be seen. And uh, what was the other one, Christoph? I'm blanking at the moment. Don't give, don't fast, oh boy, don't, don't pray to be seen. Pra- so okay, that's what yeah, he gives yeah, the Lord's yeah, prayer. Yeah. And I think, you know, we can read those and say, okay, I agree with that. Yes, I will not do that. But what we're trying to do is say, okay, yes, we agree with that. We want to do that. But how? Mm-hmm. How right. would we actually do that in our everyday life? And that's what this series is an attempt to do from, you know, a talk a week, basically. Like, how could we take that command of his and instruction and say, yes, I'll do that. And this is how. You yeah. Know? And I, I think that it also, it requires you to evaluate what you're currently already doing. So, and that's kind of part of what you were saying with like the series, the idea of the series being Lent and, and, and taking something that we do and putting a pause on it or rethinking through it. 
um, one of the things that I love is that it's it's not just about adding something extra. It's about evaluating what you currently already do and going, does this actually match up to the person that I feel like God is calling me to be? And and sometimes we don't we don't do. That. I, I've been thinking. I've actually I've been thinking a lot about this. So um, tell me if this, this matches up or not. But it, it it reminds me. I find myself oftentimes saying like the statement, "I I want to." blank or, or I would love to do blank and it's always I don't know it's it's always very um in my mind but it's but I don't ever pra- put practical like wheels on on the ground with it sometimes and then I have to ask myself the question so what this has challenged me to do is is to ask my question well do I really want that like do I actually really want that and if I if I don't should I just kind of discard it as a want or if I go man uh, so I hear about silence. I hear, or secrecy, like secrecy. I, I hear that secrecy is a really important thing that I should be practicing. And I say that I want it, but maybe I'm not necessarily practicing it. That's when you then experience this transforming, right? This, this yes. like there, I, I, I feel the cognitive dissonance that's kind of happening in my heart of this is what I want. This is who I want to be. This is who God is calling me to be. This is not who I am. And that's when you can begin the work of, okay, how do I then transform and change that yes it's the whole process yeah it's even the like realizing all right i have this vision like remember we've talked about vim before the vim mm, yeah. so there's a vision yeah, yeah. for these practices and for connecting with jesus and then there's this intention the i like i intend to do that i really want to do that but somehow getting from intention to the m the means that practical thing that you do can be really challenging and I think, you know, we've already heard people saying, well, I intended to fast and then I didn't. And the whole process, it's not about perfectly practicing as if there was a perfect way of doing any of these things. There's not. It's engaging in them, you know, like your workouts, your morning Mm -hmm. workouts. It's it's doing the thing, not doing it perfectly. It's just that the action that is what we're looking for. And there's something where God meets us in the middle of that action that transforms us well it's so here's here's where i want to make my connection here you ready for this ready for this awesome connection is is that it does remind me of what um robbie specifically gave as a scripture for romans 12 1 and 2 right is that and i and i want to back up because i feel like i said and that's where i make the transformation but i know that's not the case it's the spirit that comes into our lives and makes that transformation it's god who brings about that transformation um so I'll read this passage, Jeff, and then maybe we can kind of springboard off of this because it makes me think of that, right? Um, Romans 12, 1, through, 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. By testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And I just feel like that transformation... Right. So like, I, I feel like half the battle, you said Vim. It's so interesting that you said that because first of all, I wasn't even here the Sunday you preached that. I, I remember so clearly I was not here. I think, um, I think I was covering for my brother in Appleton. I was, I was mm. preaching down in Appleton that weekend and I came back and we had our gospel community. We have ours on Sunday nights and we talk about the sermon and everyone was talking about Vim and they were talking about the, the process. And, um, I feel like part of that transformation has already happened when you're able to take those steps of visualizing and saying like, here is here is the direction I, I want to go on or recognizing where we're not doing it. And then it's the trust. Like there's a part of it that is just trusting 
that, um, like what you just said, it, there's a, a trust that's required um, that even when it doesn't feel like it's quote unquote working, yes. that God's going to use it, you know? Yes. Does that make sense? It does. And I, it makes you, to me, it, it, a good good question to ask is what do I, if I would say this is working, what do I mean? Like what does working mean? Mm. And I'd be curious how you react to that. But I think for me, someone asked me that a few weeks ago, so I've been kind of chewing on it. And I think when, when I think of a practice as working, it does a couple things, but primarily it results in fruit. And right. it doesn't, you know, it could be the fruit of like suffering, actually. It could be the fruit of the struggle, even. There's fruit that comes from those things, but ultimately it's like transformation. And we don't always know when that is happening. Yeah. And, right? and oftentimes it's slow. Yes. I, I think sometimes we so quickly want the immediate responses in the moment. I want to see that transformation right away. And in some some of the most incredible transformations happen slow and steady. And it's 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 funny because I I think sometimes we we think of transformation and and we only process it through the moment that we perceive it instead mm. of recognizing all the work that goes on behind it. Right. And so um I don't know. I've been I've been leaning on this a lot, but for for me um, just because it's very relevant, is like I, I lost a significant amount of weight over the last year. And I, I think what's really interesting to me is is a lot of people didn't notice it right away, which is fine. I didn't expect people to notice it. That that wasn't the purpose behind doing it. Um, but when people notice and they're like, oh man, you've you've lost a lot of weight. I'm like, it, it was almost a year into the process. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I did. I lost, you know. <laughs> um, and, and But you don't notice that right away and, and you don't notice... Um, the every step of the way you sometimes just have to trust the process and trust um that when god says you know these these things are good and right and and these things are what produce the healthy fruit that it's not going to necessarily necessarily produce that fruit right away but it will at some point yes you know i i think one one that comes to mind immediately as i'm, as I'm thinking about this or just even kind of riffing on it. It's like joy, right? It's like mm-hmm. people go, well, I, I feel like I've heard this one so many times. I read the Bible and I feel no joy afterwards. No, like it just kind of goes over my head. Yeah. Like that, that happens sometimes. Sometimes you're going to read your Bible and there's just going to be no immediate fruit from it. Like just being totally honest, like you're going to read your Bible and you're going to go, I, I, I find myself sometimes going, what did I just read? Mm-hmm. And then I have to go back and read it again. And, and then sometimes I'm like, okay, well, I, I don't have time to read it again and I got to go on my way. And then something will happen days later that just makes the connection. Sometimes that doesn't happen, but sometimes it'll, it'll make that connection and, and, and I'll see the fruit later on, but it's not, I don't know. We, we so deeply want that like immediate in the moment um, fruit that we're just, it, it, it reveals what it reveals. And, and I'm just saying this out of experience. So I'm not trying to, to, condemn anyone else but for me it reveals a lack of patience on my part right hmm. just like a lack of patience and a lack of trust and that hurts to say it hurts to say that like i lack trust in god and i lack patience in god when he is truly the one that is working things all together in perfect time and he is the one that is that that produces the actual transformation that i want that is hard but i think it's i think it's accurate for for a lot of us it's i'm not getting the immediate result that i really thought i would Therefore, this must not be working. And, you know, I, 
I trust that there are people too who ha- who've had kind of the inverse where they they try one of these practices, they they engage in it and they're just shocked by oh my word I just encountered the living God <laughs> right you know right. and and I didn't expect that to happen by not eating food for the day you know or um, with this one that Robbie just preached on with solitude where we abstain from really relating to other people and I think now especially it's a very radical practice because of our connection all the asynchronous right communication that we can do where Mm, we mm -hmm. send a message and then we wait and send another one back and forth i think that that especially is radical where we turn off the devices and just silence that part and that that solitude comes from that that space comes from it he used the phrase uh solitude requires a joyful missing out like we joyfully miss out on the things that are going on around us, but there's a there's worth it. It's a joyful missing out in exchange for more of Jesus. So you're like abstaining from, you know, being in the know in that instant because we are very used to that instant. We know what's going on with people, yeah. and we're we just say I'm okay with that because I want Jesus. I want to be with Him. So I'm going to turn off. It's like the flow. I'm turning off the faucet of the input and it again we're not even saying that the input itself is bad right being in connection with people and doing life is great it's just that we need kind of the both both the inhale and the exhale right so this this solitude makes room then for engagement with people in a healthy way yeah yeah i and and i something that really resonated with me that robbie said and i and i think it's so true that every um Every no is a yes to something else, and, mm-hmm. and every yes is a no to something else. So we like to 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 look at it just just purely in the terms of like missing out on something. Sometimes is the wrong perspective to have. Like we have to look at it from the perspective of if I'm saying no to this specific thing, what is the other yes that I'm saying to? Um, and you know, again, it just kind of goes back to the. When you're able to say that then, when you're able to go, okay, when I say no to this and when I say yes to this, what is it communicating inside of, of what my actual desire, like what where my heart actually is? And that, that'll even, you know, bring bring up even more, um, we oftentimes use the, uh, the fruit to root. When you reveal that fruit, you start to mm-hmm. then see kind of what is rooted inside of where, what do I actually desire? What do I actually feel? What do I actually, you know, think about my relationship with God and with others and what I actually think about that? Yeah, that's that's really good. I like that fruit to root. That's a helpful phrase. Oh man, we maybe we stopped using that when you came uh, into the office. We used to say that all the time back here yeah, in the office. That was yeah. I don't think I've heard it before, but I I think it's true. I mean, Jesus said that you will know them by their fruit. And right. The fruit that comes out in our life reveals the state of our heart. It really does. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Hmm. Well, it's funny when like I'm talking about being impatient about something and I'm trying to rush it along it the root of that is it is I don't trust God yes. and it hurts to say that it stings to say that I don't want to be somebody who's known as a that has a lack of trust in God but like if I'm being on, like I have to be able to be honest to be able to actually tackle that issue you know oh my well doesn't this it, it helps us to see ourselves I mean, that's part of I think the fruit of this is yeah. a, is it is connection with Jesus and as we connect with Jesus, there's something about that that allows us to see ourselves. I think he it's the grace from him, really. It allows us to see what's really going on. Because to me, that's part of why this holistic 
below the surface transformation is so important because so many of the actions we carry out, like Robbie, <laughs> Robbie had a great illustration on Sunday of like driving. You're thinking of checking your blind spot, checking the mirror, all the, all the things that you do automatically, yeah. right? When you yeah. drive that life is like that. We just, we basically run automatically. We are, we have built in habits and ways of doing things every day that we don't think about. And when you start to think that sin gets into those things and we are just automatically doing things that are just not Christ-like, right? Mm -hmm. They don't bring life to us or other people. It's painful to realize that. It's painful to see it. But these practices by God's spirit are ways that we can see that clearly. Like, wow, why do I have such a hard time not telling everyone the good thing I just did? Like wrestling with that when we try to practice secrecy or why do I have such a hard time putting my phone down for a half hour? Right. Wrestling with that reveals, you know, like you were just describing this root of dependence upon really short-term fixes for needs that we have that only Jesus can meet in his sufficiency, his all sufficiency as our vine. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, Jeff, like we, it's funny, it's funny before we hit the record button, we had kind of mapped out how we were going to talk about this. And I feel like we've done it in the opposite way. So yeah, um, we were going to talk about solitude because I mean, that's what, that's what Robbie mm -hmm. preached on. What is, so solitude, let's have a, just a conversation about then solitude and what that looks like and why maybe sometimes, so let's, let's talk about what it looks like. And then let's talk about maybe why sometimes we believe why sometimes we don't believe that it's beneficial for us. Hmm. So like, what would you, what, what, do you, what does solitude look like for you? I think, I think of it in terms of like daily, weekly, and then occasionally. Okay. So like occasionally for me, I try to have like a, some sort of, you know, day long or half a day of solitude where I'm really intentional, right? I might go out into the woods with my Bible prayer Robbie described that on Sunday and I found for me that that is a very good practice um it's not something I do every week I just can't build it into my life every week it just doesn't work and you may even hear that example those of you listening right now and you might think I there's no way I can get a half day away right now right. my life and the seasons of my life don't allow for that and my my encouragement to you would be that's okay right now like you might be in a place where it just really is not feasible for for whatever reason and God knows that. So I'm not at all saying that everyone needs to do that. But for me, that's been helpful. And then more on like a weekly basis, trying to get, even if it's 20 minutes, half hour, where I'm trying to just, I think again, for me, it's silencing the devices. And usually, I mean, Robbie did a great job of preaching silence and solitude separately. And I know those things are hard to separate because they actually do seem to go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. um, but that does involve for me silence as well. So I turn off the devices. I try to get alone where I'm not near other people. And it could be in a bedroom with the door closed. It could be in my office with the door closed. It might even be a walk. Like I really do experience solitude by walking around. I find that my mind can engage with God sometimes better when I'm moving. There are times when I, I do need the stillness of just sitting, but, uh, but often walks can be helpful. So for me, that's what it looks like. It's not usually you know, this, this grand two to three hour experience where I, I walk out and I feel like I'm glowing, you know, afterwards, right. it's not like that. It's simple times. And it might even sometimes be, I just choose in my car to not turn the radio on or listen to anything. I just keep the car silent. And in those moments, you can actually experience solitude. 
Yeah, for sure. God. Well, for how sure. about you? What does it look like for you? I've so I felt I'll be totally honest. I felt pretty convicted because I I don't think I I practice solitude enough. Um, when Robbie was describing pretty early on the person uh, who 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 kind of digests content all the time, I'm like, oh man, that is hmm. that is totally me. Um, and so I I experience like. I would love to get onto, and I I think the challenge for me is going to be getting into a uh, daily, weekly, occasional type rhythm, um, and I and I and I want to. So I was I was really challenged by that. Um, I I sometimes do uh, daily and and weekly. Where I was challenged the most is I I already have like a daily rhythm baked in to like my day that I, I, I go for, I go for a walk every day. Um, that's just like one of my things. I love going for walks and typically I'm listening to something. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm listening to music. I'm listening to, um, yeah, that's, that's it. I have a long list of podcasts that I listen through. And and he said it was, it was really what challenged me is how oftentimes I will sit, I will listen, I will digest a podcast. I'll listen to it in the moment and then it'll have no bearing on my life after that moment it is in one ear out the other um and we were sitting we were, we were sitting in our gospel community and it, it felt like that was a pretty common experience of just it, it, it's it's what it is what it actually is is white noise hmm. um and so i i felt challenged by that that i need to practice it more often and here's the funny part is that i have times frequently where my headphones will die so i have like bluetooth headphones um, because, because we live in a day and age where my phone, where I get all my podcasts, they have to change the input on it. And so I can't use my headphones without an adapter and then I lose the adapter. And so after buying like five different adapters, I was like, whatever, I'm just going to get Bluetooth headphones. That's what everyone does, right? The Bluetooth headphones. The problem with that is your Bluetooth headphones need to be charged in order to use them. <laughs> and so, uh, I, I will have, I will have some mornings where my Bluetooth headphones are dead. And so I'll wake up early. Um, I'm, I'm in the pro so I, I go to the gym five days a week and then two days a week that I don't go to the gym, I still wake up early and I go for walks and I'll go for a little bit of an extended walk. And the last couple of times I've gone for a walk, my headphones have been dead. And it's, it's funny how mad I am in the moment. I'm just like, Oh my head. And I will like, do, do I even want to go for a walk? I'm like, why should I even go for as if like the headphones are the reason that I'm going for a walk. And then what happens this happens almost every single time that that I do this. It's it's about a three mile walk that I do. takes takes me about forty five fifty minutes. Is that for the first ten minutes of that walk, with silence, just me and my thoughts, my mind will race all over the place for the first ten minutes. I will like try to focus in on something, and my mind will be like a pinball machine. I, I think anyone who's younger listening might not know what that not get the <laughs> reference, but but it'll be like a pinball machine, ding 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 ding, ding. and then all of a sudden, like at the ten minute mark, it'll like it it will feel like God is just like focusing me in, and 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 all of a sudden I'm just having this. I don't know. It's just it it, it I feel focused in. I, I begin to have a prayer with God, and I'm able to just have like this conversation with Him, and uh, so I'm challenged to do that more more frequently i still love like i still think podcasts are great i'm still keep listening to podcasts but it's got to be under the um am i actually 
is it is it actually bearing fruit or is it just one of the podcasts that go in one year goes in one year out the other uh is it is it one of those that isn't producing fruit you know eventually that's the question that's that's what it kind of boils down to so i was challenged by that i need to do it more frequently and i i think the part that challenges me whenever i do get times of solitude is that there always is that initial like it feels like nails on a chalkboard to me and i have to fight against that and i think that's just kind of revealing something you know inside of me with that i well i have a i mean similar experience with the kind of ping-ponging you know, like it's more like a snow globe for me. You know, you shake the snow globe and the snowflakes are flying. Like my thoughts are like that. Okay, yeah. For the first yeah. few minutes and maybe even longer than the first few minutes, depending on what's going on in my life. But I find that that's why I need to do it. That right. reveals not the reason I shouldn't have solitude, but the reason I really need it so that I can turn off all the input. I mean, we just, especially now, we have to be much more radical and intentional about getting space where we don't have input. Like you just described it, right? With our phones, with tablets, with computers, we have it constantly. Mm -hmm. And so much of it is not actually, I mean, the podcast can be really good, right? But so much is actually geared towards getting us to buy something or consume, you know, we're consumers, quote unquote. And man, that just changes us. It forms us as we experience that and those habits around it. You know, one thing I just wanted to circle back for a minute. If if you're listening and you feel like you'd like to try the half a day or full day sort of solitude, that could be a, a strange thing if you haven't tried it before. Like, how would you do it? And I was taught how to do it through a little booklet called How to Spend a Day in Prayer. And uh, if you're interested in that, you could shoot me an email. I'd be happy to send cool. that to yeah. you. But uh, it just outlined for me how, how what would you do with yourself? for that amount of time, for four to eight hours? What would you do? To me, it was very helpful to have a bit of a guide, like try praying these prayers and read these Psalms and slow down. It really was helpful. So if that's something that you're thinking right now, as you hear this, I want to try that. I have the space in my life to do it. I'll do it. Please email me. I'd be happy to send that over to you. That's great. I would, I would potentially love a copy You bet. Of that, so, um, but, but, and you said something that just kind of like triggered another thing in my brain is, is that, you were saying how oftentimes those podcasts, those things that we consume are trying to sell you something. But I think, and I, I think one of the other things I was challenged by, and I said, I had a quote from a book that I was reading that, and it'll tie into this is that for me, I feel like I am very informationally driven. And so I sometimes approach the reason why I choose other things over solitude with God is because in my mind, I think that if I know the right things and I have the right information and I apply it the right way, that things are going to go right. Like that's, you know, that's just kind of how my brain works. I think we approach church that way sometimes, right? Like when we're, sometimes when you ask somebody about, you know, church on Sunday morning and they go, well, I learned this. And it's like, well, what did that, what did that stir up in you? Well, that I learned this. It's like, okay, but that's it's the Sunday morning sermon. What we do on not just the sermon, but worship and all of that. Sunday morning worship isn't meant to be just a list of facts and information. It's meant to be worship of God. It's supposed to be this like encounter, communal encounter with God, right? Um, and so I was just I was so struck by the fact that I think for myself, and this is just um, Christoph being confessional about where he he struggles with solitude with God, is that I I value I I think I value information sometimes over that experience 
And I think we do that with our faith. And so I was challenged. It was, it was cool because I'm reading this book right now, um, and I read this last week, and I highlighted this specific section that I think, um, I don't know, I'll, I'll just read it, and then I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. So All right, let's do it. Uh, so it's from Herman Bavink, uh, who was a, um, he was a Dutch uh, theologian um, from the late 1800s, and he said this, The prophets and apostles and the saints generally who appear before us in the Old and New Testament and later in the Church of Christ did not sit and philosophize about God and abstract concepts, but rather confessed what God meant to them and what they owed to him in all the circumstances of life. God was for them not a cold concept which they proceeded rationally to analyze, but he was a living personal force, a reality infinitely more real than the world around them. Indeed, he was to them the one eternal worshipful being. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, God is not a concept. He's not a force like electricity. You know, like just power that you somehow need to plug into. Mm-hmm. Personal. And yeah, yeah, that's and relational. A great, and yes, it's, that's a great quote. It's great to get to know God. It reminds me of J.I. Packer and Knowing God gave the, the example of it is great to know your wife, but if you don't know her favorite color, when her birthday is, what her favorite things are, like, then do you really know your wife? Like, you, you don't. And it's the same with God. Like if you just know, if you just know a bunch of, well, I guess you just know a bunch of that information. If you know when your wife's birthday is, but, but it comes and goes and you don't celebrate it. Like there's something wrong with that, right? There's something yes. broken there. Um, the same way with God, if you know all of this information, but it doesn't like stir us up to, if we don't have this relational experience with God, um, I don't know. That's, that's what struck me. And that's what I think I'm taking away and trying to process and think through. Okay how then do I um, say yes to solitude with God more? And how do I remind myself that the things that I'm saying no to are of infinitely less value than saying yes to time with God? I think that vision you just, from that quote too, it helps me. I mean, one of the reasons that I practice any of these things at all is my own desperate need for God. It's like I cannot function without him. I won't be okay. I won't make it. And it's out of the, I mean, most, most of the practices that have been the most meaningful for me are ones that I've discovered in the midst of great need of feeling stretched beyond my limit and desperate for him. And to me, that that's what keeps me coming back to, to the practice that, and it's really not the practice, it's God that I'm coming back to, but it's experiencing him through the practice, through the engagement, um, whatever it is. Like we, we didn't even talk about in this series, the spiritual practices of engagement that are the positive side. So we kind of talked about the withholding side, but these practices that we're talking, the abstinent ones make room for practices of engagement, which be fun to cover in more, at more length another time. But to me, that's the key, the vision of encountering God and this holistic, deep transformation that he has in store for us that actually will bring life to us. It will bring joy and joy, pervasive, a pervasive sense of well-being, right? This like everything is okay. Even when life is difficult, when life is full of suffering, we can have that joy, not just theoretically. It actually is something we can experience and embody that comes from God. It comes from an encounter with God, relational connection. 
Yeah, thanks for that quote. I was really curious. Christoph mentioned to me before we started recording <laughs> yeah. that he had a quote that he wasn't going to share with me and uh, until the podcast. And I make you listen to it. And I I like it. I think that that's a a key thing, especially if your wiring is towards knowledge. If your bent is towards knowing, like intellectually, that's a, such a helpful you know reminder that th this is not all about just getting the facts right. It's yes. really about relationship with the living God yeah. and, and the plot for which he is redeeming the world right now, right? It's in process and we're part of the story right now. We're all part of it. Yes. I think that's a good, that's a good place to put a, a bookmark on that one. That's, that's good. It's been an awesome series. It's been cool to be able to uh, sit down and do the podcast with you to end it. Yeah, you too, Christoph. It's been great. So we have we have Easter. So if you're listening to this, I think the podcast will probably be up the same day we're recording it, which is Wednesday. Um, we have Easter weekend coming up this weekend. We have a Good Friday service, and I was just trying to find what time. I know it's either 6 or 6. Is it 6.30? Yes. Okay, I couldn't remember if it was 6 or 6.30. Um, I should probably know that because I'm supposed to do scripture reading for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll just guess the earlier time, right? Well, if Anyways. you guess earlier, you're safe. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> if, if you're hearing this before, uh, we'd love for you to join us uh, for Good Friday service at 630 or Easter service at our two normal times at 815 a.m. and 1030. You were throwing me off, by the way, Sunday morning this past week by saying, we start at 8 o'clock, not 815. Like, what? Well, it shouldn't be that we start 15 minutes late. I think that's what it is in my head. I'm just used to the first service being on the hour right yeah, and i yeah, cannot get yeah. used to it I, well you were throwing me off too oh my so. word i was throwing myself off but again at least i was thinking it was earlier than it was that's true that's so. true <laughs> uh so if if you don't have a home church or um we'd love for you to join us for uh easter mm -hmm. either good friday or for the easter service if you have any questions uh you can email them to jay or robbie we don't want them i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> Uh, any questions to be answered on the podcast? I should say it that way. If you want questions to be answered on the podcast, because Jeff and I normally aren't on the podcast, uh, you can send them over to Jay or Robbie, and you can find the contact information on our website, faithpeshtogo.com. Jeff, do you have anything, any final things to say? No. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening, and uh, I hope that this week of anticipating, really, and remembering the cross and then the resurrection has been full of the presence of Christ for you. Mm -hmm.